I totally feel you on the if you know you know feeling and I feel like the way we kind of are like operating is is more like if you want to know you can know but it's going to require you to like do some like it's going to require you to take some agency on your part to like you know take that active step and expend that energy to figure things out but if you are willing to do that we're going to try and leave as much of a trace as possible for you to be able to go from like zero to one you know and that does so so part of that comes with the responsibility of like trying to make that like for that person who does want to know trying to make it easy for them right obviously because if it's if it's like a if you want to know but you need to know like solidity or this coding thing like all of a sudden that person can't know right so how can you like both have the requirement of some agency or effort on like the person who wants to know while also making it as easy um of like a effort for that person if they do decide to take that step yeah like we should be rewarded for our interest i think gatekeeping has well i mean gatekeeping i think sucks generally and gatekeeping with an open source kind of community or ecosystem like ours is just going to get faded out i think the way that we feel about open source um is beyond what I think most people define open open source as. I think they just think open source is some materials like readily available for you. But if we're talking about actually doing it, then let's make sure people get, you know, from point A to point B fully. That's open source in my head. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to UFO, a podcast where artists, musicians, and Web3 builders talk about the future a place for revolutionary ideas. I'm your host, Nick Hollins. On today's show, Niche, aka Losing My Ego, Max, aka Zero X Tranqui, and Salif Lewis. All three are from the squad of seven founding members at Public Assembly, a collective of Web3 developers building dev tools and educational materials, libraries, and repositories of information. Breadcrumbs to leave in the dark forest, of crypto. They are a newly formed Nouns Builder project here to create what's missing. They can be thought of as a collection of builders and creative thinkers who don't individually want to be founders, but who want to contribute to the Web3 ecosystem. In this episode, we go into the origins of public assembly, which is all super current as it's just recently been happening. How did this project, idea, and group come together? How they went from being anti DAO to in fact launching a DAO of their own. We also talk about the philosophy of co-creation, open source, and about the types of environments we choose to create together on the internet. How things change when your working group becomes a DAO and shifts to a setting where anyone can buy an NFT, join the DAO, get up to speed, and start making proposals for their own ideas. Decentralized governance with a collective treasury in action. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors helping to put UFO on the air. First, our friends at Zerian. UFO is a podcast that brings together the brightest builders, creators, and founders shaping the cultural side of Web3. And Zerian is the perfect wallet for these active citizens. Zerian combines every corner of Web3 in a simple and intuitive app for self-custodial humans. Discover the hottest NFT collections, track your DeFi rewards, and vote in DAOs across 10 plus chains. Come along and check out their new app on mobile. There's a lot happening. 
you can get started at zerion.io. That's Z-E-R-I-O-N dot I-O. Lens Protocol is the open source tech stack for building decentralized social media applications. It's a new era for social media in Web3. And Lens isn't a social media app. It's a protocol to let Web3 social apps thrive, a permissionless and transparent social graph that is owned by the user. With Lens, your followers go with you to whatever application you want to use. And instead of being trapped inside the walled garden by an algorithm, Lens lets you choose the way you want to experience your social media. UFO is here to help listeners get started with Lens. And for now, the best way to pick up an invite is interacting with UFO on Twitter. Follow us, retweet, post replies, and let us know you'd like to get involved. UFO is available on all Lens apps at ufoclub.lens. To explore links for a public assembly, its community, forum, perpetual auction, and resources, check out the show notes at ufo.mira.xyz. You can find them on Twitter at P-B-L-C-A-S-M-B-L-Y. Let's jump in with Nish, Max, and Salif, starting off with some introductions. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, hey, this is Salif uh, speaking. I do um, some design and engineering work for Public Assembly. Um, I guess question was background of how you got into crypto and kind of like how I ended up at this conversation. Um, which is kind of a long-winded tale, um, but I would say that um, like the way that I got into public assembly for one um, is just like looking for more outlets um, for like creative expression, whether that be um, through like product design um, or engineering type work. I was doing a bunch of like hackathons in the space um looking for i guess just like more ways to get my hands dirty um public assembly ended up being a great way to kind of like realize all of those things um simultaneously as well as um just getting involved with some really great people who shared a lot of values and similar ideals uh yeah hey i'm niche i am a uh, designer at public assembly I'm one of the seven co-founders, and I am mostly um, a freelancer in the blockchain space, working on all types of design projects, some front-end development. Outside of the space, I'm a filmmaker, photographer, and I think um, the story that led me towards public assembly um started about maybe a year or so ago. I've been in the space since 2017 um, with a small break in between, but I've just been really interested in how UI UX design carries over from the learnings we have in the non-blockchain space and just the really slow progress, unfortunately slow progress that's happened since Web3 has really taken off on the product side. And I'm a huge advocate for trying to create some universal best practices and fill in the gaps where we can improve things for mass adoption. So my favorite thing about public assembly is being able to focus on that initiative because that's a huge part of kind of our mission. So that's really 
what I'm focusing on right now through every project and every product we're building in public assembly. And uh, my name is Max. I do DevRel and like experimental engineering stuff at Zora. I am relatively new to crypto and coding in general. All of this started within the last year for me. Um, and I would say public assembly, the way I got into it, um, is it sort of was just an extension of all the work I was doing before I was even at Zora, which was really focused on connecting with people who I found inspiring, just like out there. And this sort of happened like organically through just like following that sort of like feeling that the stuff I was doing and the people I was interacting with um, were, you know, the, the right people. Well, it's great to welcome all of you onto the show and shout out for the fact that it's the first time ever that we've got three guests on the show all at once. Our kind of long-term goal to become more and more like a radio show is going very well. And yeah, very, very excited to um, be chatting with you all about Public Assembly, a project that I really resonate with. And uh, yeah, excited to explore and get under, you know, undercover of, of what it's all about. From my own experience, I feel like Public Assembly simply started to emerge into my reality via Twitter and things like that, and some interesting NFT drops coming through. And uh, there was the the open edition or maybe just the Zora Create Mint of like the awesome sphere and stuff like that <laughs> as well. Uh, that I was kind of getting into that uh, and sharing it with my friends. Just like, this is cool. Um, and that kind of <laughs> thing. And And then over the last bunch of weeks i've just been reading more about public assembly and kind of lurking in the the forum even though i'm not a kind of uh, a tokenized member of the community just yet but i intend to be very soon but there's so much about the project and the philosophy and and the the mission and purpose here that i really vibe with so it's excellent to welcome you all on here um maybe we could start by sort of asking a bit about who are some of the people involved with public assembly? How did this all start to come together? I've seen like part of the, the communication that's out there about it is like public assembly has come on chain. So what's this kind of evolution look like in terms of early days of, of the thing coming together and how it's kind of evolved over, over the past months? I could speak on some stuff. Um, and if anyone wants to add, you know, like feel for you jump in. Um, I, the day I say it all started was at the end of August, where me and Joey, another um, co-founder of Public Assembly, he also does design at Zora, also made the really cool spheres that you were talking about. But um, me and him just had a conversation, you know, another conversation just about, you know, all stuff related to, um, like, what's going on with all these, like, groups or collectives saying they're doing stuff decentralized or maybe maybe decentralization in some cases is important maybe it's not you know what's zora doing about it what's like their feelings and sort of that whole conversation led into just like interesting insight into like i feel like this needs to be this whole like topic needs to be something we're exploring like right now not like in some future where we like think it's important because like i do you know we all idolize like that that being like an important thing so pretty much that just sparked the ball like that just like kicked the ball rolling on um a project of hitting people up that i'd come into contact with through the past like months of me getting into crypto getting into coding that happened to include the people you see here niche and salif and then others as well um val and javier and also dane and then joey who we mentioned 
Um, we did some initial sprint work, like working on this thing uh, using a curation, curation protocol we wrote, and then some like product development stuff related to that, and then got on chain afterwards. And that was missing a lot of the details. But yeah, it's, it's kind of started with that sort of core group of seven. And then we, since the very beginning, we've had uh, like, the desire has been to try and like create something that can be open up to as many people as possible. But definitely that's been sort of like the initial direction and energy um, so far. Yeah, I think the jump to or the jump from uh, NeoSound to going on chain is quite interesting um, mm -hmm. because like we had gathered um, to kind of create this like product. Everyone understood that we were just like, you know, going to build NeoSound. Um, but then like it was somewhere along the lines, like somewhere during that build where we like kind of took a step back and we were realizing like all this like uh, amazing energy that we had collected. Um, and that kind of just happened to culminate with the launch of Nouns Builder. Um, I, I guess I wasn't really necessarily privy to um, maybe when that flip happened, then with, when we kind of like agreed upon uh, the fact that we were going to become a DAO. Um, I'm kind of interested in what you guys think was like the turning point for that. Did we ever talk about it in the beginning? I, I don't think so. It was always just we have four weeks to do this sprint that turned into a five-week sprint. And then I think it was like a natural energy course where we just started talking about being a DAO. I don't even know if there was like a conscious conversation. It kind of just, unless Max was quietly going and talking to everybody to like incept us into a DAO, I'm not sure. But I think it just, yeah, like you're saying, it was just naturally an option. I think the launch of Nouns Builder at that time, like the timing was probably why it happens like that. Yeah, I feel like at, at least from like initial, like initial inspiration was to like figure out what like, what a version of sort of like more open collaborative, like group work could look like. And I, so like, I, I don't think, I think DAO was interesting, but at the time, yeah, Nazolder didn't really exist. So like, I don't think there was a, I didn't necessarily have a clear vision of like what that would materialize in. And then we kind of just were like, all right, um, we, this energy is here and um, there's like, there's now this tool that we can experiment with. So I guess why not just do it? It's kind of been sort of the, it's sort of just like, just do it or just like do the thing that feels interesting. Um, and sort of like follow intuition has kind of been how we've been operating, which has le led to good things sometimes and bad things sometimes. But overall, I'd say is like a positive and like important aspect of like the stuff we're doing. I think that's a, actually a great point. I remember now that we weren't interested in calling ourselves a DAO. We were pretty anti-DAO um, or just like the idea of what a DAO is. So us going on chain was always about being a collective and doing things in our own way that was definitely like the most important aspect i think of it when we realized we were doing this and and yeah also just the fact that i think we convinced ourselves to do it because we said we'll just do it as long as it works something like that we had like this idea of it being an experiment and maybe not even thinking past january when we launched in december so yeah yeah, that's interesting. Just to kind of seize seize on that observation there, it, it sounds like public assemblies sort of 
was incepted around we're going to go on a five-week sprint and there wasn't even a thought that it might um, persist or continue beyond a coming together of some, you know, some bright and creative people experiment and jam on some stuff and then potentially just dissipate back into the space again. Uh, that's quite a, quite a punk energy. I quite dig that. That was kind of like the whole reason, like the whole initial sprint was based around the fact that like, Hey, we're going to like block out this time and like block out these like funds for people. And then we're not going to ask people to do more than that because you know, that's like asking for too much. And then, yeah. So from that little thing, it then snowballed into all the stuff that's happened since then. Yeah. I think naturally like just working on that initial project, we kind of started to like conceive of like all of the things that we could do. And so we were just trying to figure out a way to like keep the ball, keep the momentum rolling. Yeah. Circle of trust. That was something we kept talking about. I super appreciate um, how you guys are talking about this because I feel like in my own life and projects, we've gone, we've come in the opposite route, which is like building and experimenting for a long time and very much kind of like burning our own runway, blah, 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 along a long time. Whereas you guys have kind of cut straight to the, to the point, which is, which is nice, but that's kind of like our, our own journey over here. Um, I, I will observe that like once you've kind of like shifted gears into this experimental, actually we are going to do a DAO and it's going to be a nouns builder thing is quite interesting properties involved in that, such as it makes the collective transparent for the world, basically. Like I can go and check out the forum and the conversations that are going on there and ideas for projects and all that kind of stuff. And then also noting that beginning with say a five week sprint and then we really don't want to demand more beyond that or whatever like if if you know people's work isn't being covered but of course something like nouns builder capital coming in as members join like now this this organization or collective like has a treasury and can fund projects in a in a decentralized way so it is a big a big unlock to kind of maybe public assembly can go longer than five weeks and it can kind of continue to evolve and advance i think super cool yeah, I feel like one thing that's interesting just with like any on-chain governance thing is like as soon as you say like as soon as you commit to the bit of like one model, all of, all of a sudden like while maybe you have to deal with like the positives or like negatives of that model, you now actually have something that is like a viable like entity where other people can now, like you said, view it but also participate in it. So I think that's when the biggest thing since like getting on-chain is it now feels like like whereas before it was much more of a you know how do we try and communicate about what we're doing it was it was a lot harder without like a an entity that was like a provable entity right it's not just like a twitter account there's like actual on chain like you can point at it and there's like funds like moving in and out of it so i feel like that has been the biggest thing at least like the biggest change at least for me is since since that's happened is now there's like a real thing you can point people to and then obviously that's only a part of it and there's all the uh, you know the other coordination we do in the forum and trying to reach out and like talk to people but yeah that's been really interesting just like <laughs> I, i've never participated in on-chain governance before so it's been a interesting thing to see play out yeah actually you know what that makes me think of is there is a big part of it a lot of conversations we have now um, and that's about community engagement and just kind of maintaining people who have interest in public assembly because we made such fast decision to go on chain that of course there were a few talks about okay so how do we start involving other people 
but really the amount of time it's only been eight weeks about since we've been on chain which is absolutely insanity to me um and so even in that time we haven't really you know you could quote air quotes say gotten it together on the side of community management or really good like onboarding flows but there's just been this natural interest and way more people have found the forum than i think we expected just through kind of researching twitter reading our docs whatever it is and it's something we've worried about and we've had so many talks now when it's on the front of our brains just are we doing enough but i think the real the real value prop out of the whole thing is that the kind of people that we want are the ones who just quietly go and like research and go find things for themselves and they're self-sufficient and they're interested and so we've kind of just let it be that way and we aren't like actively going out and calling anybody in and it's kind of nice for now and i'm down to just see how long this kind of happens for yeah i think that's an interesting observation of kind of you know each each of these like collectives or groups or essentially potentially nouns builder projects it's very much choose your own adventure each community can design how how they want and kind of create their own culture and i think that's interesting that for now public assemblies like you know what it's almost like proof of interest or effort or engagement. If I want to know about public assembly, I can go just jump in, do the research, onboard myself essentially, and I can freely go and bid on uh, an NFT in the perpetual auction to join and actually start contributing uh, to the thing. It's like quite quite a game changer. And I was just in the last episode of UFO chatting with Jihad from Forefront and jamming on nouns builder type stuff. Uh, and all this kind of thing. And it's interesting because Forefront just, I think, last week released this tokenized community year in review, the third edition of it. And we're talking about, okay, 2020, social tokens, ERC-20s, all, all that kind of stuff. Then like NFT, PFP type projects. And then your kind of tokenized communities like a Forefront, Song Camp, Z Club, um, uh, you know, all, all all that kind of cohort and whatever. And then along the way, like now it's kind of the nouns builder or perpetual auction type thing has kind of become the new matter. So it's continuing, continuing to evolve. He also had the observation that among the many nouns builder projects that have sprung up, he was like, I think there's about 10, like 10 that are like really kind of onto it and thought out and kind of like quite together, obviously public assemblies among that cohort, but it is, it's a very experimental space and people are kind of figuring out what this is and, and what they can do with it. Um, interested to throw that to you guys about this kind of this new evolution and the, you know, the potential of what can now be done with it, which you're kind of discovering uh, on, on the daily. Yeah, I feel like part of that, um, somehow, like part of our role as like public assembly, you know, something like inherently, um, not user facing, but maybe community facing, like in its name, um, we've thought about like, how can we um, kind of like be a model for all of these um, DAOs that are spinning up the announce builder. Um, so that's definitely been something interesting to think about, like, as we move through um, some of the different projects that we're working on, I guess it's like something that I'm continually thinking about. Um, yeah, like, because I feel like with, um, I guess, like with Neosound specifically, like the type of the way that we were interacting with the community, um, specifically in regards to like our documentation, we were providing like 
um, a lot of very low level access points for in terms of like understanding and how to get started. Um, uh, you know, working with our interface, forking the template. Um, I would say very much thanks to Val who made sure that accessibility was like at the forefront of that product. Um, and so like, I kind of been thinking about all of the work that we do with this lens. Um, and especially as we, um, I guess, especially as there's been like a large, um, desire to see like more, uh, cultural and like, um, uh, creative communities, like not necessarily crypto native communities look to nouns builder as a way of organizing. Um, yeah, I think it's just been interesting to think about that role. It's not necessarily explicit in public assembly, um, that were kind of like a model figure, but it's definitely something that I wish that we would continue to, uh, move towards. Um, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that, but i definitely feel like that's part of our ethos. Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about, we feel this natural responsibility for doing it right, at least to set an example, if not the example. And it's not even in, it's in no other way other than trying to be in service to others. I think that's like kind of the backbone of how we think. Um, but really it's just about prioritizing education. I think we saw that as just something that nobody was doing. And I think that's where it stemmed from, the whole idea that let's set examples not only in the way we provide education, but as a way of education on how to do this. Um, Max, you were pretty vocal about it, I think, in the beginning. I kind of remember. Yeah, that that was just the whole, that was in response to like, like literally in the last year, I'd learned how to code. I'd never coded before. So I was just faced, like every week, every month I was coming across as like documentation or, you know, examples of just like, you know, insert generic tutorial that just assumed so much info so much information or like so much like previous knowledge or experience on the user where the, the reality of the fact is like a lot of people who have genuine interest are coming to something with absolutely no background so like those people might be extremely valuable people for whatever you're doing but if you don't go and provide like all like the education that gets someone all the way down to like how do you like literally turn your computer on open a terminal write your first commands and like do something, then like you're missing out on a large like group of people. And I feel like that, so that applies to everything we're doing, right? Which is, so you're starting a DAO via nouns builder. It's not like any of us has done that before. So what's, what do you, like, what are the things that you need to consider? You need to get your artwork together. You need to get like, your messaging, your branding together. Like what's your purpose? Um, does it even make sense in the nouns model? I'm not sure, maybe it does. All of a sudden then there's like, okay, now you're on chain, but like we've talked about before, that doesn't solve all of your like external communication issues. So like, do you have a forum? Do you have like a discord? Do you have a Slack? How are you like going through all of that? And like, as you can see, like the questions and things to like be considering just be like there, it's kind of like a limitless amount of questions. So I, it, like we've been doing with like our product and like sort of like coding education stuff as well, which is trying to leave as much education as possible to like the very, last person who has who maybe has fully no background because in what we're doing because that's like what we're trying to you know provide onboarding for is the same thing with now like how we're treating this experimentation with the nouns model which is like let's try and put it all like let's try and leave a trace about everything it's not just like what's happening on chain it's how we 
conduct ourselves and how we coordinate and everything. And I feel like that is a big piece that generally goes overlooked. Um, and it's just cool when people give like the insights all the way into like how they're doing stuff. Yeah, I strongly agree with that. I feel like it was in like the new public assembly article that went up on the Zora zine uh, in that interview with a few members talking about, you know, crypto or Web3 is like a dark forest. And so like leaving mementos for people to kind of follow along the way is is key. But we also are in a culture where it's like, if you know, you know, and all that kind of energy is is also in it. And to an extent, that's understandable because there's such a there's such a crazy ramp up on the way in to kind of get up to speed on stuff. And I, I experience that sometimes hanging out with people like in real life who are like, I'm into crypto and I'm interested in it, but I can barely even begin to kind of download the level of nerdiness that I am about NFTs <laughs> or DAOs. And you know what I mean? Like they'll be into crypto, but they're into trading or something like that. It's a whole other world. I can't even like, you know, they're, they're so far away from really being up to speed on the real nerdiness. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like the, like the, <laughs> I totally feel you on the, if you know, you know, feeling. And I feel like the way we kind of are like operating is, is more like if you want to know, you can know, but it's going to require you to like do some, like it's going to require you to take some agency on your part to like, you know, take that active step and expend that energy to figure things out. But if you are willing to do that, we're going to try and leave as much of a trace as possible for you to be able to go from like zero to one, you know, and that does so so part of that comes with the responsibility of like trying to make that like for that person who does want to know trying to make it easy for them right obviously because if it's if it's like a if you want to know but you need to know like solidity or this coding thing like all of a sudden that person can't know right so how can you like both have the requirement of some agency or effort on like the person who wants to know while also making it as easy um of like a effort for that person if they do decide to take that step yeah like we should be rewarded for our interest i think gatekeeping has well i mean gatekeeping i think sucks generally and gatekeeping with an open source kind of community or ecosystem like ours is just going to get faded out i think the way that we feel about open source um is beyond what I think most people define open open source as. I think they just think open source is some materials like readily available for you. But if we're talking about actually doing it, then let's make sure people get, you know, from point A to point B fully. That's open source in my head. So um yeah. <laughs> Salif, do you got any thoughts on this kind of like, you know, right to knowledge and, and the pathway through or um Am I right that, I mean, you like created the kind of, um, you created your like first 100 days coding kind of material as well, right? Uh, no, that was just Max. Oh, was that Max? Sorry, I'm getting you, your anonymous handles mixed up. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> confusing, <laughs> confusing me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, that, that, that 100 God. days of code thing was sort of like, at least like my spiritual like premonitions before like the public assembly where it was like fully a result of um the participation i had with developer dao which is sort of like how i got into everything and it was like like literally everything i was able to do was specifically because other people went out of their way to like make it easier for me to go from zero to one like told me what to learn 
like like sent me links of the tutorials to start with said avoid this you know avoid that um so that i felt like that left that left such like a striking impression of how things could be and i feel like it's that same similar energy um that experience then that like that's the type of energy it's sort of like that paid forward energy um that i want to like you know continue proliferating because because if enough people do that then all of a sudden you can really lift a lot of people up i feel like a lot of people also grew up with an era of having access to resources if they like wanted to look for it in like the torrent era and i feel like as we've gone on like torrents have become less a part of like internet culture than they were and these those were like a huge thing about free resources um so you can almost say like that's like the punk ideology we're trying to like relive is bringing back that era of like actually finding things when you look online like and also being surprised at the things you can find like things don't have to be organized you're just like in a space that you know your curiosity led you to stuff like that there's some and related to that slightly is and maybe this is a little bit of a pivot i do want to call out because i think this has come up in some of our like you know earlier just like stuff we put out we do speak sort of vaguely about what exactly it is that we're like engaged on here we say things like things or like you know education to go from zero to one but that doesn't necessarily we're not really specifying exactly what that is and i think that's because like there is a broader vision of public assembly being able to serve as sort of like a collective resource for, you know, to, to use the phrase that we've used a lot, like create what's missing for you, right? Maybe that's coding tutorials or like, you know, better solidity development and integrated UX for some people, but maybe also in the future, that's like, you know, in, in that, it, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's insert like what's missing for you. And so, with that like longer future in mind that kind of like it sort of colors the way we speak about stuff right now but i would just want to point out that like we're not speaking this vaguely and like abstractly um by accident that is like a future vision that we have for it obviously in the short term we're focused on you know like very specific like crypto ux like application and like community problems um but yeah i just wanted to note that because i know it sounds funny sometimes when we're always talking like that. I'm dead. Um, actually, yeah, you know, we used to call ourselves a library. For a while, that was like all we called ourselves. I think there was like a three-week period there. And that really is it. I think public assembly will just grow to be the largest library of resources you can imagine. Um, maybe not even just like in blockchain, but just hopefully everything. Like um, if we had a meme that maybe that's it that we're a library i think we've ever talked about that i will make the comment that amazing to to hear the public assembly is like advancing towards the kind of building out a repository a library and that kind of stuff because i i feel like i have that instinct in myself as well and that's great if public assembly wants to be the library that's great i can contribute to that i can get behind that we'll do some other stuff but i feel like it's such an important thing to kind of build out these materials for people to follow follow along we'd made some very like beta 1.0 kind of stuff of building like a toolkit through the voyager website for our artist collective of like here's all the tools in web3 we really didn't go deep we weren't like you know, really, really creating material, but like helping to kind of map that space so people can kind of discover and go, I think it's, you know, can't be understated 
what a kind of important mission that is. Let's absolutely make that the meme of public assembly. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like all of this, like, information gathering and sharing, that's some of the most interesting, that's, like, one of the most interesting topics, I think, with, like, crypto and stuff. Like, there was a recent talk I listened to um, from this girl named Key, I think she gave it at, like, FWB Fest, um, and it was just talking about, like, the role memory plays in, like, communities and society at large, and, like, how memory has, like, generally been preserved and access like over time and i feel like the thing that's really cool with like if you have content that's like being linked to on chain and it's sort of like it's not like stuck on a platform it's not like stuck on someone's sub stack or like stuck in some like university back you know back like website page that you would never find like if it, it like conversely if everything's on chain and everything's like you know maybe it's not literally on chain because it's on ipfs but it can all be sort of pooled together all of a sudden you can start assembling these sort of like community memory pool type things where it's actually, it's great if you, if UFO and Voyager is doing something, it's great if public assembly is doing it. It's great if anyone's doing something because if all this stuff's on chain, it can now all be sort of like gathered together and then like preserved, right? Like in, in, in whatever box or like, or even like, you know, loosely defined box that like for future looking back on it now becomes like a much better way to kind of like archive information and then like find it and actually like like kind of make it more like dynamic and usable in like the current age rather than like i have to fly to like dc to access like the library of like congress or something like that you know i guess they have a website now too so not the same but yeah <laughs> i mean there is a there's a punk ideal here as well that i'll throw to you guys and then maybe we'll circle back talk about specific things about public assembly and stuff but it's this uh the energy of information wants to be free again it's the open source ideal and so is information free if it can barely be accessed or discovered and it's you know squirreled away somewhere and like most academic works are just literally never read you know there's really depressing data about that right um and and so yeah building out these things so it at the very least like information or understanding education about things is readily available for new young people coming up. Um, that's kind of a part of kind of what we're doing. And often I feel like various like key builders or founders of some of the projects that are kind of on the map right now, DAOs or otherwise, often come from this slightly older generation of kind of, you know, we, we sort of grew up with the internet potentially and with some of those, you know, sort of punk ideals and i observe that you know kids today are all keen on you know tiktok and these various nightmare scenarios but at the same time we're kind of building out this infrastructure so that when the switch comes of like oh no that's a nightmare we need we need different things we need to build new internet spaces meanwhile they're burning down twitter beneath our feet and nothing's behaving as it was even a few weeks ago that we can readily kind of set up a new a new space for ourselves and it's all going to make sense you know what i mean yeah, I, I, it's it's future proofing, I guess, but we have we're taking control of it in a way um, because we can build this alternate reality, which is sick. Yeah, I feel like in contrast to what you're kind of saying about information being gated, like we're almost dealing with now just the onslaught of information. So I feel like that relates to what Max found about developer DAO to be so helpful, like being pointed to the exact resources to look at and really being like guided along the way 
specifically um, when information is so accessible, like that becomes even more impactful. Um, yeah, so I mean, like assembly because like you but, get to the forum and there's like 50 threads about things that you have no idea about and so it could be really overwhelming um so i guess like in thinking about that process of like new people coming in and wanting to get involved like we have to continue to think about what that looks like for someone who has no experience um i guess even just like attempting to grok anything that is pa yeah, that's and that's where I'd say yeah. we're doing not a great job at <laughs> right now in terms of like making it so someone can go zero to one. Like someone has to really, really care to read through all of the form right now or like, you know, go like track down people's Twitters and like find previous work they've done. Um, but I think, I you know, obviously that's something we'd like to improve. But I also think it's just part of the process where we, we, we all can only do so much. Um, we all are trying to, you know, the fact that people are even showing up in the forum, you know, in the first place is like, that's like the, the good problem to have, right? Like first you need to do something that's valuable that people care about. So I'd say it's a good problem to have that we have to figure that out. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's like another, I don't know, just interesting thing to note. It's like, even if you do, even if you can have a place where people are congregating, like online or in person, and even if there is like a value, valuable subject or some type of like, content or underlying like meaning to be shared it still doesn't necessarily mean people can like just pick it up right away you, that laying down of like how to access it is still important yeah you know what you said just reminded me kind of of the way that i used to feel about the internet like as a much younger person um and how i felt like i was discovering more and maybe now the internet experience feels like you're just ingesting and so I think like thinking about this friction point of like how much of a path can we like provide, how much guidance like from the get, like how much work and then versus how much work somebody has to do to kind of discover that gold mine that we've built for them. I think it's like, let's bring back discovering shit on the internet. I think it's obviously there for people who spend a lot of time online, but the general user is just ingesting. And it would be cool if we can move back to like an to just kind of like that experience of like, you know, not everything's just there given to you. Um, and if we can start that slowly, I'm here for it. Yeah, I feel like that kind of relates to um, something we talked recently about this shift from like being, uh, I guess, like a crypto consumer um, to more of a participant and kind of exploring um how that shift is made and like thinking about um i mean maybe even thinking about like the way that protocols are like designed and written and like how could that influence like someone's ability to create some kind of like fork or derivative um and thinking about um yeah i guess like i'm using accessibility and that bridge like interchangeably even though they're not exactly the same thing um but yeah i think it's an interesting idea um because like earlier you had mentioned um that like your whomever you were talking to crypto about like the trader feels so far from like where we're at now or i guess where you're at now but like i feel like at least that pathway was one that i took and i'm kind of trying to think 
back to like uh along the way like what were the things that really like drew me to want to be on the more um uh like interactive side of things um so thinking about my own experience but i don't know if i have any huge epiphanies at the moment yeah like i really i really vibe with what you guys are observing and i i agree with it essentially that like the internet's become like a just endless broadcasting putting stuff in your face and we talk about difference between being an active participant even in the crypto space or just a consumer crypto consumer collecting nfts or trading crypto or whatever whatever you're doing in the space but it's a different thing to kind of be a creator or you know a builder or whatever that is or an active participant in a community or a series of communities and things like that at least i have this instinct of like I don't get that much enjoyment out of being online and simply consuming stuff and, you know, stuff coming, coming through. Like obviously crypto Twitter is part of my information diet and there's a lot that comes through sort of by osmosis. And I don't, I have trouble knowing the timeline sometimes as well. Just like what that was either a week ago or a month ago or three months ago. Like it, it can be really tricky to, to know beyond a certain horizon. But something nice about public assembly communities and projects like this is like, I just want to have, you know, valuable sort of home bases on the internet. Like I don't need to hang out with 10,000 people on Twitter. Like I'll take 50 or a hundred people who are kind of, you know, have, have similar interests to me. They're also building projects. They're doing stuff. They're sharing it in the forum. We can kind of give each other feedback and potentially jump on and collaborate and build stuff together and things like that. Like, I don't know if it's just like a phase of life that I'm in or just what I'm into, but I feel like more and more people are going to be about this stuff. And we've had other spaces on the internet in the past that were kind of quite collaborative, even throw back to things like Tumblr, various sort of blogging platforms or different things like that in the past arguably earlier days of a social network like instagram even was like a vibrant space for photographers and creators who kind of you know jam on each other's work various nft platforms have been like that over the last few years as well for kind of you know artist communities and stuff like that but that's kind of where i'm at that's why i dig public assembly and things like that i want to kind of have these places where i can go online and my time on the internet is sort of bringing value or positive experiences to my life straight up do you know what i mean like that's how that i think that's a big unlock here i feel like it's funny because like uh discourse itself feels kind of like something from like the previous era of the web um at least to me but like the thing that i guess you don't immediately see um let's say like you're unaware of like the context that public assembly lives within like the crypto environment um well like (laughs) i feel like that's the context that makes it so different like that's the reason that people are okay with being spending their time um like in these small forums with other people is that like there is a mechanism that you can theoretically like um derive your livelihood from and so like the the more that like those examples become apparent i think the more that we're going to see some kind of return to what you're what you're kind of describing um yeah so i feel like it 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 feels yeah it it feels small but it's actually such a large um separation from like the reason maybe that like um we all gravitated towards these kind of like more centralized um 
media distribution mechanisms um, instead of kind of like focusing on the home bases that we like uh, were brought up in that kind of were super impactful to becoming like our internet selves. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe like maybe it's like this would be the op- the optimistic way of putting it would be like everyone has reached a breaking point of how much how much they're down to be like individually exploited by various platforms or like internet companies that are just like harvesting data and interaction and like attention from people. So like in response to that it feels like sort of a natural thing that like certain like certain spaces like you're talking about, like these home bases are popping up where people can kind of like exit that peer to peer competitive thing that is the rest of the Internet and like enter a space that's kind of like outside the noise or outside the other like external angst that everyone is just like everyone, including ourselves. When we like, you know, when I when I leave the PA forum, I'm back in like the wild of just like crazy Internet, way too much information all the time. There's no avoiding it. But when I'm in the forum, it's slow, you know, it's like by design, I guess, through like the literal how discourse is set up. It's not like it doesn't feel like it's made to like capture as much or, you know, like generate as much dopamine as possible. Um, Like it feels like a little it feels almost because of sometimes where the UX is bad. It it adds friction that like causes you to like, oh, I really want to if I'm going to stay here, I like really need to be here. And I think that actually is helpful. Um, Yeah. Yeah, um, a point from when Salif, you were speaking, it made me think of, I'm pretty sure it was um, a meta label talk. Um, It may have been here on your podcast, Nick, um, with Yancy, and he was speaking about kind of the quality of your network becoming really what's more important now. It's like, uh, was like, what groups do I belong to? Um, and I think it's just the, it's less about the noise of distributing yourself all over the internet and more about finding, like Max is saying, like small homes, um, to kind of fit in and really become like that, like build that allyship. Um, because like those sources of income come with trust and really like, you know, what's the rule every human can only interact with 150 people or something like that. They're max, like that's always been true and it's still true. And I think maybe the idea of moving towards like less noise and higher quality is just the backbone of everything we're talking about. And and to add on what you just said, Nice too, I think it's important to call out that like sources of income in this case don't necessarily only mean money. Like I think sources of value is maybe another way to put it. And like, while yeah, yes. like, and th- that's where like some of these DAOs I think can get messed up. If it's like purely a financial, like, interaction thing or not just DAO, but it's like any type of like like on-chain ecosystem if you're trying to like tie people together purely with financial interaction um it's probably i don't know i mean obviously what do i know right but like it seems like probable that in the long run you will lose some type of like cohesiveness because eventually eventually the financial incentive for people to hang around is going to run out and then like what happens then so I feel like that's a, a huge thing with these DAOs, like a developer DAO. I never got like paid by them in any way, but I was able to build my network with them, learn like so like, you know, get put on fully with like how to how to learn what I wanted to learn. And then have like you said, it was like my home when I was my home on the Internet when I was like just entering this world of like crypto Twitter and like the t- t- uh, treating the Internet seriously, which like I never had before. And I don't mean to say that in like, a weird way like the internet is serious but it's like 
the internet has gotten to the point I feel like especially like after COVID where like it is at least at least in some regards like on par with like the physical world in terms of like where people are like deriving their values and values and stuff from so like you need to have your that that same spot you would have in the physical world you need in the digital world too and those things can provide valuable those things can provide value to you that are outside of like strictly financial things if they're designed properly but no like on that on that point and it keeps coming up like in the run of this show and in conversations that we're having like something about the dopamine diet or the experience of say being on crypto twitter or being in the nft space over the last couple years and all that kind of stuff it's a culture that created the meme of touch grass like it's so mentally exhausting draining however you want to phrase it in terms of like literally burning people out that we have this this notion of like unplugging touch grass get back like just get away from the screen or or whatever and i i agree that it feels like even culturally like people have hit a bit of a a breaking point of like you know what i don't want to do that anymore like that's not it um I need something, need something different. And I'm very interested in the design space for new communities and internet experiences that are almost like touching grass in themselves. Like if, you know, I'm, I'm on the public assembly forum or places like it, and it doesn't feel like those kind of, you know, those subtle dopamine centers are being attacked or, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Like it's a, it's a space where I can kind of, I feel relaxed. And I can, I can think and I, I kind of, if my internet usage is mapped across 100% of the usage, I just want a larger and larger share of that to be in places where I, I feel relaxed and not sort of under, under assault, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, go ahead, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. It just made me think of reward systems and just kind of the instant rewards that we get. Um, it has to do with what Max also was just speaking on. I'm just like adjusting what value means to people. I think we're going to have to go through a really hard rewiring of even what we value as users because we're so used to red dots. Um, and it's also like us going through journeys individually of figuring out what we what we want from the communities that we're going to start spending more time in if we find them. Because I don't even know if I have that answer, if somebody asked me right now. Um, so that's going to be really interesting, I think, in the next few years as these things grow and people kind of maybe have less versions of themselves online and just like maybe still have several versions, but they could be truer when there's less people inside themselves to manage. So it'll be nice cleansing. Yeah, I feel like what you're describing, um, both Nish and Nick, is kind of like, the idealized um version of this um in my head where it's like you have the on-chain infrastructure um that kind of takes care of the um i guess more maybe mundane elements of organizing and then the in-person stuff where um you're actually getting to interact with like the folks that you're um i guess like connected to online but uh i guess less so in a digital sense like if that makes sense i feel like that is the ultimate goal for me um because i i can i can see this um in myself like that it's not a sustainable way of interacting with the world um 
but I also feel like I value a lot of what it brings. Um, and I just feel like that ideal step or vision is not really quite there. It's not really, you can't really actualize it given like the tools that we have now, but, um, it's something that I, I hopefully that we're building towards. Part of the the ethos and and the the purpose of public assembly, as you guys have, as you say, vaguely indicated to on purpose, and kind of putting that out there, is uh, to create what's missing, like seeing what isn't there and what could be there, which is like quite an open design space. And as you began as like a sprint with people coming together to do a thing, um, I'm really curious about sort of what conversations or ideas are going on uh, among the community right now in terms of what else might be in production or being imagined for later in this year, certain things you might be interested to, that you're kind of exploring behind the scenes right now. Oh man, we talk, we, we have big dreams for everything. So we definitely, we definitely have some big stretch goals, but in regards to what's tangible right now, we're working on well I'll let Max speak on on the one thing that I know he's really excited about and there's a few of us working on announced builder proposal that we won about four weeks ago and it's to create an alternate um UI for DAOs that are launching on announced builder to kind of do their governance and maybe have it be a site that can serve them more in their needs rather than um, be an external site like going on just now's builder so it's uh, made up of modular components and it's going to grow as the capabilities of noun builders grows and we'll integrate as much functionality as we can to kind of make it a custom a customizable experience for each DAO. Um, we think we're really excited about that because it has a the educate creating the education and and creating templates in Figma that match kind of the custom theming components we're allowing you to do online in the code has been a really interesting experience. Whenever you're working with out like just crazy constraints, you find ways to, you know, feel creative. And um, I didn't think that I'd feel creative doing an ounce builder project, but I definitely it definitely has felt that way. Um, and Sleep's working on that project with me, I'm sure. So I'm on the design side of it, but he's building the back end, and I'm sure there's other cool tidbits from him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just say that um, what we're initially delivering um, is like auction and proposal functionality. Um, for like any DAO that wants to spin up a a website for their, their DAO. Um, but like, we're really excited about how this project like could involve to encompass um, kind of like all the different, um, I mean, okay, let me be less vague in that. But like, I feel like with the um, different, um, I guess like identities and missions that surround each DAO. I feel like uh, Blackhand is like a good example or even like the park, like there's going to be like um, technological like elements that like they would want to include in their website. Um, so like having a way that we could create kind of like a standardized um, system to incorporate that type of functionality 
such that like maybe another esports DAO gets um, spun up with Nouns Builder and like then they want to grab a component that was like worked on by some uh, black hand devs or Project Stadium devs, I should say, um, and then have it be like a really easy integration. I think that's that's the vision for the thing we're trying to build. Um, it's it's uh, definitely idealistic um, and a lot of work, but it's been really fun. And I do agree with Niche that like um, kind of like I didn't expect um, so much creativity to go into this build. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. And then we also have, uh, yeah, no, I was also going to say the same thing. <laughs> Well, so I was going to I was going to touch also just like on the thing I mentioned, I think, at the very beginning, which is like, I think another thing that we've done pretty well is like being OK with just like setting a constraint for ourselves and, and actually like embracing constraints as the thing that like let us be creative. So it's like right now we're like treating the nouns model like like a serious like endeavor. Right. So like why aren't with with being like being able to say like this is the model right now that allows us to then like channel all of our energy into maximizing that model and seeing like if it's valid so i feel like you know at least from like the code perspective it's like all right we need to like build something that handles proposals and auctions well um but then what's more than that right like what's more than just the on-chain stuff that's happening and i feel like figuring out how to templatize some of that stuff is where we're like it's very interesting you know like how can we, you know, what are what are common actions outside of just proposals and auctions that people are participating in in these DAOs? Are they the same for every DAO, et cetera? Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I think I think that like the framing constraints is really helpful whenever you're doing anything, and that is not necessarily um, exclusive to like just like you know the type of work we're doing. But I guess to continue on to some of the stuff I've been. I've been personally more involved with recently um, besides some of the solidity on chain element stuff of like the interface build we're doing is um, it's, it's funny cause like I'm definitely not qualified to be doing this whatsoever. This is like me learning like how to actually do solidity for real for the first time, but it's sort of a, it's like a new ERC 721 and 1155 architecture that is much more based around using these standards as like the backbone of like much tighter integrated like platforms so the very very beginning of this experiment was like present material which is a site i helped build for song camp back in like that was like one of the first things i did when i joined zora that was like july or something like that um july or august and that was when the first like we wrote this like very basic curation protocol that lets you like token gate pretty much just like an open list on Ethereum and then you can like add listings into it. And then if you tie that really tightly to a front end that is like sort of like reading the current status of the contract and like letting, you know, providing an interface for people to like directly speak to the contract, right? And updating the UI on that, you actually get something that feels like almost like a real place um, where like you can actually go with present material and it's like, there's like a liveness to it. And a lot of on-chain apps are like that, but something we, also realized is that or, or thought i've recently had is that there's this like growing landscape of indexers like nft indexers specifically um who are just saying like all right any erc 721 and 1155 we're just going to index like every event and we're going to like clean the data and we're going to like package it up as like a nice like product for developers or like communities who are building stuff on chain so 
if you just like just like the thing I was just talking about with the constraints, if you if your constraint is that I need to make sure the data that I'm writing to the blockchain is in the form of ERC seven twenty ones or eleven fifty fives, so I can take advantage of this like abundant resource of indexers, then all of a sudden you can rely on that constraint to then like do very creative things. So the framework we've been like working on is sort of trying to make it trying to like somewhat standardize or just like make it easier to like turn everything into an ERC 721 or turn everything into 1155 without needing to like do that from scratch every time obviously or maybe not obviously but for like for like general like generally speaking it's not that hard to turn something into a, a ERC 721 like you just change your database into tokens pretty much and now those things can like be indexed but creating something that's a little more standardized so like now you can slot in the curation logic and all of a sudden your ERC 721 acts like a curation protocol or like now you can slot in a social media entire app profile thing and now your contract works like a database for like a social platform so that's the thing that i've been working on a lot recently which has been cool because it's my it's been like my first real time like really trying to like dive into solidity and i think it's done to hopefully set some some like uh underlying infrastructure for like assembly public assembly moving forward where using this kind of like framework of like the way we'll be tracking data we can now like build apps on top of these things that are potentially some of the more interesting apps like i, I still find pres material to be one of the, like the more interesting things i've like done same thing with neo sound that was honestly neo sound is like the favorite thing my favorite thing like i've ever done just because of like the all like the design and like planning went into it but now it's like instead of just having to rely on like okay we have this like standalone creation protocol that's interesting and can be used in different ways now it's like insert whatever logic you want now it's a contract that can be indexed so all of that comes like comes equipped right out of the bat and so you can just experiment a lot more freely um and a lot faster than like the previous way we've been doing things yeah i feel like for oh sorry go ahead no no <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, for us, like, I feel like having something on the protocol level, like, is super important, um, like, in the way that it distinguishes us. Um, like, I guess the curation protocol is one thing, but having something like a little bit more open ended um, for developers to kind of like get their hands um, dirty. I feel like I said that earlier. Um, but yeah, like, I guess I was thinking. Um, just earlier about like um like the uh a DAO specifically could like steward a protocol and like the reason that um having that kind of like infrastructures it, it will be so important for us um and then like thus going ahead and like building our all of our apps like natively on top of it or like all the ones that make sense to build on top of it it's just something super exciting um yeah yeah, I mean, like the the use case of sort of DAO to govern a protocol is kind of that feels like the 1.0 or the the essential, um, almost like the sacrosanct version of like of a DAO's purpose. And um, if public assembly is is uh, is kind of geared in that way, that kind of makes a makes a lot of sense. I, I was really keen to kind of jump on before we go to kind of like expose a little more about NeoSound, what that project is, and also to comment on, yeah, present material is great. I'm uh, a super long time appreciator of SongCamp. 
and everything that's going on there. I think like, you know, a lot of what they've done is some of the most interesting collaborative experiments we've seen in the space, period. And so Present Material as their kind of record store front end uh, is really exciting and cool. Um, but then also Neo Sound. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to hear more and learn more about it in terms of curation protocol slash, you know, product that other other collectives and groups can can use, basically. I mean, I guess I'd say Unun and Present Materials um, were two, and Door.Link from Javier were the mm-hmm. three main influences for Neo Sound coming to life. And maybe we can link to those resources. And on the design side of it, I got to work really close with Joey. Um, and, and Max kind of gathered the inspiration for us as a backbone. So on the design side of it, we wanted to make something that was, it was the first template we ever made. And from the get, we understood that we needed something more bare bones that can be malleable to the developers or anybody who took a hold of the curation fork. And we approached it as something that every component could be customizable, which was something that I hadn't ever done before. And I think it turned out pretty cool for what we ended up putting out as the like base template. We'll say that. And I, I think another like key focus of it was to try and make like a crypto app that didn't have like all the crypto stuff just like in your face right away. Whereas like at least stand a living chance of like sending this link to like a friend that doesn't know what crypto is and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Like I can just listen to music and like the cover art's cool. I don't need to like see mint right away. I don't need to see connect wallet right away. So I think that was that was another like big thing we wanted to mess around with, which was like, can you make like because I feel like that's like a huge still like thing people are not mm-hmm. fully experimenting on, which is like, yeah, there's definitely things to like lean into with the crypto stuff, but in terms of like, you know, making it easier for something to go that zero to one, immediately scaring them right off the bat with like connect wallet or like very obvious crypto things is just gonna like at least for now, while the like perception of it in the general public is still general, like pretty negative, that's just gonna like keep a lot of people away. And in terms of this, like, how can we design apps and spaces that are not like fully extractive of everyone? Um, there's, I don't need to, you don't need to like, the, the having the music experience be first was like really crucial to like what we were trying to do. So that was, uh, it was cool that we were actually able to make that. And then I'd say, the you know assembly press is kind of and like this framework that i was just talking about is kind of like a reaction to like how that went where that was going to be interesting in terms of like the horizontal forking that could go on but there was going to be a limitation because that curation protocol was like written as an explicit curation protocol rather than like one little insertable logic module that can slot into like a, a broader framework so Hopefully now we can get back to some of that initial work. We can rebuild NeoSound on the, you know, have it look exactly the same, but with a new protocol, but then also have much easier time jumping into the next, you know, experiment or prototype um, when like that intuition comes along. For people listening to this episode who've been discovering public uh, assembly through this conversation, what you guys are all about and what the community is about, they're resonating with this. Where, what actions are they best to go from zero to one, as you would say, Max, about how they can kind of get started, delve in, join the community and, and take actions like where, where should they go? What should they do? What should they read first? You know, we can share, we can put all this stuff in the show notes as well. People can find it on the UFO blog. Yeah. 
Um, I would say you should take a look at the proposals that we have um, that are going on. On I guess probably nouns.build is the plus is the best place to look for those at the moment. Um, but yeah, you'll get a really good sense of like how capital from the DAO has flowed. Um, and that pretty much translates to what we're working on. Um, but yeah, obviously then also the forum. Um, if you guys want to speak about maybe I guess best practices for interacting if there are any, but um yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, when we talked about being self-initiated earlier and kind of letting people flow, like we don't do the call to actions a lot on coming to join the community, but like everybody's welcome into the forum. Check out the GitHub repo. Um, check out our doc site. Check out anything that interests you about public assembly, because the point is to find whatever part of it is kind of piquing your curiosity rather than just being a global contributor. I don't know if that even exists in public assembly. It's really carve your own path. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I, and I would just say like words of encouragement to anyone who is on the fence of like, you know, participating or like, you know, putting their name out there. That was the the, the way I got introduced in the developer DAO is because someone finally just like messaged me. They're like, hey, you should just like get in a channel. Just like literally say hi in a channel and see what happens. And like from doing that, like, that from that one call to action to then doing that is like pretty much led to like everything since then. So one word of encouragement to just like literally just come say hi or like hit someone up. If you're new in the forum, we all get a notification that you're new in the forum. So we can be extra like aware and like friendly and, and welcoming to you. And then the other thing, if you really want to see the type of stuff public assembly's been about, there is a notion page that we kept during the Neo Sound Sprint where for three weeks we all like literally it was like for three, four weeks, every day, all of us wrote like a, like a, almost like a diary entry of like how the experiment was going for us that day. So that plus all of our team that we recorded every meeting, we recorded like every build session, all of that is on a Notion page and it's probably like the most important thing ever. So it's actually tragic that it's all in Notion. We need to like somehow get that. We need to like save that at some point um, for future use. But if you want to get like a sense of like the type of collaboration and like work we're doing i'd say definitely check out that notion page um we can like make sure maybe maybe it's it's a good thing to like surface again i feel like we haven't really shared that recently but that's definitely a great rabbit hole to dive into if you're interested in the type of work we're doing absolutely that was a great call yeah i mean we can I'll, I'll get the links uh from you guys so we'll share it like directly in the episode show notes as well um there's a whole thing in there but yeah, I want to give huge thanks for everyone coming on and uh, having this conversation together. It's been awesome to learn more about public assembly and what's going on and um, to, to meet you guys beyond the the, the dot ETHs and usernames of, of Twitter and stuff like that. It's really nice to kind of meet, meet uh, the people uh, behind it all. So yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on UFO for a conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It was thanks super nice. So Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you again to Salif, Nish, and Max for coming on UFO. You can find all of them on Twitter, and links to their socials and projects are in the show notes at ufo.mira.xyz. Thanks to our sponsors who made this episode possible. To get started with Zerian and create your new crypto wallet, head to zerian.io. 
To join the Lens ecosystem and explore the future of Web3 social, engage with UFO on Twitter, come and let us know you're interested. Subscribe and collect our NFTs at ufoclub.lens. This is Nick Hollins signing off from UFO.